You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, uh, everybody, and welcome to After the Show, episode number 36. This is Sunday, September the 21st. And after last week's false start, where we said we were going to review the Godfather collection the coppola restoration and we didn't we reviewed iron man something equally as highbrow you reckon no i'm thinking so we might disagree with that um we are gonna review it this week because we've spent a lot of time watching it this weekend i would say but you still don't know the music (laughs) i'm trying to give you some ambiance okay so we are we are taking a look at the godfather collection the coppola restoration this is a box set on Blu-ray and DVD. It features all three Godfather movies. The Godfather, 1972 movie. Godfather Part 2, a 1974 movie. And The Godfather <clears throat> Part 3. Which is, a, which is a 1990 Don't plant movie. the seed in people's minds. Which is a movie from 1990, quite a bit further down the line. This is from our friends at Paramount. It will be released on DVD and Blu-ray disc this Tuesday, September the 23rd. And here's Sid Talk with a synopsis. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, just, just explain the whole ten hours of what we just watched. Okay. <laughs> it is... Uh, oh, the, in, in, before we start, let's talk about spoiler warnings. Okay. We're going to assume... We're not going to spoil the end of The Godfather 3. I, don't, I mean, we're not going to spoil the whole thing. Anyway, we're going to assume that The Godfather is nearly 40 years old. That you Most have of you have seen, seen it by now. So we're going to talk about The Godfather... Openly. Very openly, and we're going to talk about the entire thing. So if you don't want the movie spoiled, and you've not seen it, Sid thought you hadn't seen it. I had not. Then turn off now, or fast forward a bit until we get to Godfather 2, or whatever. Well, no, we're going to talk about them all. Alright then, just turn off and go away. <laughs> watch it, go watch them, and then listen. Yeah, exactly. Go and buy them on Tuesday, <laughs> and then come back. And then listen. Okay, so yeah, here's the synopsis. Synopsis is... I'm going to... I'm thinking... I look at them as one big thing. Okay, so all three of them, the trilogy as such, is the story of the rise and fall of a crime family and sort of the parallels. This is me talking. This is the par- to me what the story is about, the parallel between the son and the father, where the father brings this crime family up to its peak and then the son steps in and sort of the descent of the family. And that's really it. Good and evil... All that kind Mafia. Of it's a lot like Star Wars. There aren't any mystery fathers revealed, but pretty much without the lightsabers. It's a lot of, very similar. <laughs> I see a look of dis- It does have order six, that Order 66 thing. I did mention <laughs> Twice, actually. Yeah, I did mention that. Um, anyway, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's kind of like say? The Sopranos, but from the old days. Yeah, the story of the Corleone family, <laughs> Rise and Fall, and to me, more specifically... The difference between the original Corleone guy, right, and his son, the, the how different their paths were. How different, but the same. Mm. Superficially the same, but mm. underneath very different. But, you know, they, yeah. they do cause uh, unhappiness. Lots of both guns. Both of them along Guns the way. and blood and... And bad death scenes. <laughs> I don't mean bad death scenes, I mean, it's one of my uh, complaints about The Godfather. I know it's made in an era long ago, really, 40 years ago. But it's when people get shot, it's mm. like, ha-ha, you know that 
Well, they put their arms in the yeah, very theater. Theatrical. Very theatrical. Yeah, Except for the one guy. Yeah, that was a good one. At the table. He's like... So how should we tackle... Because he uh, shot him in the How should we tackle this? Uh, should we start with the Godfather one? And move... Well, it's up to you. I say just, yeah. Move so, through him. So what do you like about the first Godfather? Now, I'll talk about it first then. Okay. I was ready to the say The first Godfather... <laughs> it's my favourite of the three. It's, it's, the, it's the case in a lot of movies. I think in this particular thing, my opinion's probably not going to matter as much as yours. Well, it just isn't. The first one's definitely my favourite. It always has been. I do like Godfather 2. Uh, and I <laughs> really dislike Godfather 3. Did you dislike it more watching it again? It, like, I we dislike, watched them all in a row. I dislike so. Godfather 3 just as much. It <laughs> just doesn't fit with them at all. It's like a different thing to me. But oh, Go back to one, though. You're we'll go back to one. one, yeah. I think... Now, a lot of people class... Not just the IMDb thing we were just talking about. A lot of people yeah, class... Yeah, I think that's a bit of No, a forget that. Yeah. A lot of film scholars and film people do say The Godfather is... One of, if not, the greatest American movies of all time. Now, that's a really high thing. So, if you've heard that and you've not seen The Godfather and you watch it, there's no way it's going to live up to that. It just doesn't. Oh, I agree. So, because I'm one of those people. Yeah, it doesn't live up. It, it's flawed in so many ways. It, it's, really? You think? I feel it is, yeah. I really do. I feel... it's. I've seen better films, is what I'm saying. We'll talk but, about first what you like and then what you think is the flaws. What I think are flaws. Well, what I like is... The, I like its slow build-up to what it's getting to. Now, the whole of the first movie is basically just getting to the point... Just getting you to the point where Michael takes control. Like, gets the control. And then it kind of ends on the note where it's like, Oh my god, I can't wait to see the second one. Because Michael's now... And, and Michael starts... We have to... Um, say this Michael's played by Al Pacino mm-hmm. he starts off as a, the meekest and the mildest of all of them except for Freddy Fredo yeah but he's he's not the one you would you know the other brothers Sonny they're, they're he's the only other brother yeah but what I mean is the other people in the crime family they're they're the ones who are like you know tough Cut and stuff and this guy is like a war hero he's been in Vietnam and, and he comes back and he's decorated and but you understand later, through all three movies, and through, is his Vito Corleone, right? Brando. Him explaining to you through parts of it, saying, I wanted you to be different, so you could tell, and then going back in number two, when they're children, that you probably groomed hmm. him to be different. And it's the same thing with, well, there's also the struggle in Godfather 3 between Michael and his son. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't, he won't... Yeah, there's not much, though. There's a, but no, not enough, really. That, and that's the point with that Godfather three. The, yeah, that's the point. There's a lot of things that are touched on that could have been really good, but nothing comes of nope. them. And more than one thing. Oh, like tough. You just I agree completely. But anyway, back to Godfather one. What I like about it is the slow build. It's really detailed, super detailed. It's one of the things I've always thought about it. You know, just the opening scene, which we mentioned in the. In the office, the dark, very dark scene. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an iconic scene. But then, when it goes outside to the big party, that scene lasts about 30 minutes. That, because I mean, let's tell them, okay, in this movie, and maybe it was established before this in other movies, but for me, it's Godfather. And I've heard it in other things, and parodies in other movies and TV shows, that on the day 
of the godfather or the the head of the crime family's daughter's wedding, you can ask him any favor, then he is obligated to grant it to you, right? So that's basically where we start. Yeah, in his in his office. Introducing him as this person who these people are coming to, kissing his hand and asking for things and it seems really cheap, isn't it? Like you're really desperate if you wait for the guy's daughter to get married. So that's the what you open at is finding out this guy's he's quiet. And he's subtle, and yet these people are coming to him as if he were a king. And it's a strange... And then you see the family, and it sort of, like, opens you up to the sort of reality. It's like a very 70s movie, let's be real. Oh, it's yeah. It's very and much I, like 70s 70s movies are some of my favorite movies, yeah, so I like Yeah, wide scope, kind of so much detail, so many extras, so yeah. much just elegant and beautiful. One of the things that came in my mind watching The Godfather was... I think I said it to you yesterday, because we watched two yesterday and one today. <laughs> I mean... One and two yesterday and three today. Yeah, it's been a Godfather weekend. Something that came into my mind yesterday after watching The Godfather was, and I think I said it, they really don't make films like that anymore. I agree. Like, yes, we they make films all the time. There's films every week. There are a few. What, I mentioned one, but I mean, you, very rare. There will rare. be blood. There will be blood, yes. Was one way you can see heart and soul poured into it. That's, that's how I see it. Detail, tension to detail is a thing that for me, in movies, makes a movie better over another. Yeah, it creates that world that those people are living in, even if it's, you know, realistic worlds, not sci-fi or anything, but it's so ultra-detailed And you might you not even like that world, but you're in it. Yeah, you're yeah. there. Yeah, you're totally in it. I agree. And I know you wouldn't like this world, because you're not really into the gangstery type no. of thing. But I think there's enough in The Godfather of... Both sides of it, the family side of it, which is just the normal kids running around, people having family gatherings, and then there's this horrible side to it too, and both sides kind of work. I think. Yeah, but it's the hor- it's the as you describe it, the horrible side. If you want to talk now, what I like, well, what else do you like about the first one? Then I'll talk about because I think I like. Well, me super detailed performances by just about everybody is really good. But we'll mention this in the cast later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say just about everybody because they're not all brilliant, and that's <laughs> no. one of the flaws. Um, the di- the Francis Ford, the directing is spot on for me. It's like the pace of it and the and the editing. It, it, I like long slot. I like long drawn out things myself. Some people would find The Godfather completely boring. Oh, right? totally. Because it just They'd want to watch on the USA like... on TV version, where it's like cut yeah, down. Like we said about Pulp Fiction, where it yes. turns into something totally different. But I like that long drawn out thing, because it gives you a chance to soak characters up. You settle in, you feel... I love I love these movies. I'm not going to say... and not, not the family part, not the touch with reality and all that. I love the gritty, and I told you this, I think, on one of the bathroom breaks. <laughs> when I went to the bathroom, I said, this movie, to me, m- feels like what it must... <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. What it must be like... To be a man. To be a man. <laughs> like, like, the sort of brooding with... struggles, the sort of, no offense, but sort of this bullshit thing about Provider. having the weight of the world on your shoulders and how you turn that into and a you, fight with the world. About, and how men react to each other. like the Right, I, because you, they all got that. Not all, I'm just saying. The, the idea of it, that ultra-masculine, macho idea, which has faded a lot, I think. It still thrives in some places and in some people, but that's what I really got from it. And I liked that side of it, that it was like... 
boys playing shoot 'em up, you know? And yet you think about it, and people really do live that way in a gangster mindset. We'll kill yours before you kill ours, and we'll protect our this, and you're, you know, I mean, so I, I really got into that side of it. I, I didn't find it particularly. I know it's violent, but I don't find it that violent. No, it's not, particularly, it's not particularly it's not violent, bloody. really, anyway. Uh, it's not as violent as something like Scarface, for instance, or even Goodfellas. You know, those mm. later ones that came along. It's, it's not as violent as those. And also, there is very little cussing. There's like, nobody, yeah, there nobody really. speaks like that. In, fa- in fact, somebody does in the third one a little bit, but that's another reason the third one doesn't seem to matter. It's all over the place, the third one, but... It's not really about that, is it? It's just undertones of things where you think, oh, you know. So when I was talking about favourite parts in the first one, for me, a couple of favourite, I have quite a few favourite parts, but one of them is at the wedding when the FBI guys and the reporter type people are sniffing around outside the gate and Sonny comes out and he grabs one of the reporter's cameras and throws it down on the floor and he's like going to beat him up but he, the men hold him back and then he just throws the money down and throws some money out of his wallet on the floor right it reminds me of a sopranos thing i'm sure they've done that in the sopranos too later on in time but uh it's like a he's paying for the camera but he's also just you know insulting you like you, you it's it's a weird like so i didn't take it that way at all so See, I did it. It's like a little and It's a, a, little it's a funny thing like you hear you say, it's like The Sopranos. No, The Sopranos no, I, is that, like that's it. That's why I, because I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. But um, I'm saying The Sopranos did that in the future, you know, not before it, obviously, because I do know that The Sopranos I know you do, back. but it's just funny um, to compare something. And then there's, see, that's a subtle thing I really liked. Another thing is, one of the things that I think was done really well, but it's not something I wanted to happen, talking about spoilers now, mm-hmm. is... Um, Sonny's Sonny, who's played by James Caan, his sister. <laughs> I, you know, I'm well, good, I'm... Don Colleone's children are Michael, Sonny, and her. What's her name? Connie. Connie, yeah. and Fred. Okay, Freddy. So, so Connie is married to one of these mob guys too. And An outsider. He's he's basically beating her up and stuff. He's a abusive husband, and uh, Sonny. Find, well, Sonny finds out about this and he's on his way over there. He beat him up once Yeah, he beat him up once. In the perhaps the worst fight scene I've ever seen in my life. Like, like... <laughs> you mean poorly choreographed? Really poorly choreographed. Like, kicks and punches that don't even touch the guy. Like, like obviously. You know, like... You have to just get lost in the moment. Yeah, well, I'm saying... Because I was relishing some, in the moment. These are some of the things... I was wishing that, you'd killed him right then because he deserved it. Yeah, His but head that is possibly him. one of the worst I was even fights. hoping, as much as I dis... D- Floor this particular thing is one of those curb things, you know, where you kick somebody. <laughs> That's why I wanted the abusive husband again. You mean but. American History X? Whatever it is, yeah, whatever it is, yeah. Uh, or Gears of War. <laughs> um, but so yeah, he finds out, and he's on his way after beating him up. Mm-hmm. He finds out he's done it again, and he's on his way over to li- to actually kill the guy. There was no getting off the hook. Nope, that time. this is it. You knew he was going to bite the dust. And on the what? So he's driving off, and you're actually rooting for him you want him to go and do it because you know you don't want a guy beating on some woman so on his way over he gets assassinated by a bunch of mobsters and it's a real good moment because it makes you you're up and then you're down it like it really plays with you i just it's one of my and then the best moment in the entire first movie is the cafe scene with michael Mm. michael's first taste of gangster life really and it's just Intense, like totally intense. It, the, I can remember the first time I watched it, and I was like on edge. And I was on edge this time, and I knew what happened. 
So and I didn't. That was when the scene. guy died really well, though. He was one of the best deaths where he the police shoots chief. him right in the neck, and he's like, <laughs> grabs his neck and yeah, his napkin, pretty. and then he shoots him in the so, head. So yes, there is like, some. <laughs> yeah, and the other guy. That's a good die. Yeah. So those are my favorite moments of the third one. Probably of the first one. one. Probably a favorite moments of a lot of people as well. So uh, have you anything more to add on the first one? Apart um, from, it's definitely the best of the three, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't understand why. How I mean, I'm sure this is some of the extras. The whole thing with Marlon Brando and the the jaw thing. It's never explained. Never explained by any reason. Because I wasn't a fan of that. I loved Marlon Brando, particularly after he'd been hurt, and then his hair had grown. You know, his hair was like down, kind of disheveled, and he was sort of. That was one of my favorite times when he was like the scene where they Tom. bring him home and all the kids are cuddling him. And stuff no, no, no. Him. Later, when he, when Tom comes to tell him about Sonny. Oh yeah, yeah, and he yeah. says you have to have a drink before and you tell me this. Like, yeah, kind of... and that's one of my favorite scenes in all of the movies. Is just that, you know, his reserved grief at the moment, and all, but almost that idea of a disposable son. Because later he says, "I knew that Sonny and and Freddie would probably be in this, and that would probably be their end." So that moment for me was really one of my favorite mm-hmm. movie, mov- moments. Of all. And when, um, I think when Michael says, I'll kill them both, right? Yeah. When they're talking about getting revenge on the cop guy and the guy who's like... Yeah, that is really good, Larry. Because in my mind, what I instantly think, and it flooded right through my mind was, this guy was college man and, you know, obviously they've laid this out for you a little bit. He's the meek one, like you said, but he's been to war, he's come back, this has happened... Something has happened to him. Like his... Something's either... put in Not just this moment. Not just the fact that they've tried to, sh- you know, kill his dad and stuff. But something else has happened and he's already switched. And this is like the reason for him to yeah. now. So I don't think... I think a lot of people see it as, oh, now he has to defend his family and he was meek before that moment. I disagree. I think something's no, happened to him he wasn't years. meek, but he was... Reserved anyway. He, he didn't show his stuff, but then that one time I where he like, sat around the table and he says, I'll kill them both. I feel say, like he got that something happened when he was in the war or he, something, not something specific, but I mean, and maybe the whole college boy was a facade and his true nature because he turns out to be kind of a psycho. So. And they also say that thing to him like, don't, it said a couple of times in the movie, don't say what you think. Mm-hmm. Like it, like, don't, you know, when he spurts out, I'll just kill them both. That was Sonny. Oh, no, that wasn't... No, it happens a couple of times. Um, it's, it's a theme in the movie of... Uh... Nobody told him that. It was when Sonny said something, that's when Don Corleone said to him, and then later he said it to... They said, Ve- well, what I'm actually getting at is, they sat around the table, he says, I'll kill them both, and uh, Don Corleone says, you, um... Look at him. He's now he's a tough guy or whatever. You know, it's like uh, they mock each other about it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at. But then later on, he says it to his son. His son, yeah. No, but, to Vinny or Vincent or well, whatever. Yeah, he's, number three. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's like a code of uh, mafia code thing where you uh, kind of shut your mouth but do the job. And Sonny, tells Sonny you, didn't have that. No, exactly, (laughs) and and neither did Sonny's son. (laughs) He also didn't have it. Well, he kind of did, and he didn't. See, there's another thing. Yeah. We'll mention that later. 
Um, so moving on to Godfather Two. Did you like? Let's discuss quickly on each one. Did you like the resolution and the, first of all the style of one? I loved it. Yeah, and it ends perfectly. And I thought That's what it, I'm ended. It, it ends perfectly set up for a new for the Godfather Two. And I disagree because I felt like I had just. Plus, it can end there too. I it doesn't just, have to. Go. I was actually a little bit like uh, as cr- as horrible as this crime family is and all the bad things they do. This is the end of an era. This is the end of what Don Corleone had built. Yeah, it's the end of Not his Not that era. it's a good thing, but I'm just saying it's the end of the traditional everything. And I had a feeling, because I've never seen them, number two was going to be a little more trashy and a little more... Um, becoming a little more shallow with how they make their money. And, you know, Don Corleone, original Vito, right? What's his name? Brando. With the horse head and stuff like that. He did things to people, not always just blowing their brains out. Because he gave you a chance. He'd do, like, these subtle, horrible things. And that kind of goes away. It becomes all brute force, you know? So, to me, the end of one was like, oh, I was kind of dreading what was coming next. It wasn't setting it up good for me. See, I was waiting to see Michael's downfall. That, that's oh, exactly right. what I was waiting for. Right. So, so, like, number two... I didn't feel like he deserved to So, be. I feel like number two is like The Empire Strikes Back. Of the Godfather, uh, well, yeah. which it should be. This is middle <laughs> part, right? Um, so yeah, moving on to two. It's actually, like I said yesterday, it's and you didn't know this, which is kind of interesting. It's it's like a sequel to the first one because it follows the story on, and then it's also like a prequel because it also tells the story of Don Corleone as a child, well, as a young man and yeah, a child. How he became. Who so he you was. get both of those things, and it's epic. The second one's the long one. How long did we say it was? Three hours and 35 minutes. Oh, I thought it was only about 15 minutes longer than the first one. No, it's longer. It's the longest of the three. Um, But anyway, it doesn't feel particularly long because, like we said, it's split into two separate movies almost that are kind of combined together. Exactly. So, okay, the prequel-style part of The Godfather 2, Robert De Niro plays Don Corleone, and it's a whole period piece. Well, you start with the beginning of him when he is in Sicily. His parents, there is a mob boss guy there who quickly ends his family. He's the last one and he has to go. Then he's like kind of just shuffled off and hidden and and sent out of the village and then gets on the boat to the USA or to America. Ends up in America as a child. Ends up at Ellis Island. Ends up at Ellis Island. With a pox, smallpox. Smallpox, right. But then it shows... You know, sort of a just him scraping around, and then he becomes Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> no, not exactly. Well, it does. <laughs> it's, it's also it's two hundred minutes the uh, second one, which right. is pretty long. Yes. Um, but yeah, I say it doesn't feel as long. In fact, the third one feels an eon longer, but that's not not, for, not, in, a, not in a good way. <laughs> um, so the second one, I like. I don't like it as much as the first one because it's never... For me, like, you know, I love Star Wars A New Hope and all the others are good, but that's my favourite, you know? It's the same thing with this. But the second one is really good. I do prefer the Robert De Niro parts to the Pacino parts. I'm glad that it's in there. Now, I like the second one. And my thing was, because I think I'm a bit infatuated with the idea, with the difference between how... Vito Corleone and Michael Corleone run the family. Get their well, come to be who they are. 
Vito Corleone, who wasn't even Corleone, he's from Corleone, Sicily, right? Brando Just guy. Just got stumped on him. It became like you rooting for him because he had a reason. His family was murdered, and now he's he's lived. The, he's been shuffled off to a different oh, country. That's a, that's a really cool scene together. where he. <sighs> what his mother tries to? Yeah, that, that, she she hey. She's like some of the women she, in this movie are good. Minutes, some though. aren't. You know, she was a good one. She was my favorite woman. Yeah. Um, but that was what infatuated me about the second one. That's really what I clung to because I didn't like moving into the time frame they were in. I didn't like moving to Vegas. And I like the sort of old New York, you know, the time frame and all that stuff. I felt it got a little cheap with moving to Vegas, even though I know that's part of mob life and everything. But I loved watching the difference between, like, what did Michael Corleone have to build all this on what was his he didn't have a reason except he stepped into it and got it all handed to him and then he just went along with it whereas Vito worked for it well he, started his he whole totally... life was about it was shown to him as a child there is corruption and evil in the world and they will stamp you out without a question they kill his brother his parents and then he grows up and he still has a weird kind of um, compassion about him whereas Michael, he didn't have any of that old, you know, kind of vendetta thing or anything going on. It was just handed to him, and then he had to struggle with all the bad things he was doing. And that's what the second one was like him. I don't know. Second one's, it covers quite a big period of time, um, I think. Is it, how many years is it? I'm not sure. Seems. Well, I got a little confused, I'll be honest. I got confused a lot well, throughout all timeline is never <laughs> explained to you really so much. It, they don't stamp the. They'll say things like it's been three years. Yeah, since I've and seen sometimes you. like a newspaper headline will come up on the screen, and if you don't really look for the date, you oh, know, I disagree. I think they tell because I did look at the date through the characters. The date and the was dialogue. on the newspaper a lot of the times. I um, saw nineteen seventy one quite a few times. It's so small on a piece of newspaper, but nobody had ever said it was nineteen seventy one. This was in the third one though. I just listened to people say right. like. Especially, like, if someone's pregnant. I know they say that. You see the children and see how much older they are and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. None of it is, uh... There's never any, like, timelines. You have to guess it. Well, it was the new year, wasn't it? In that second one. Yeah, I know, but then the next scene could be, like... (laughs) Four years later. Four years later, and it's a new year, and you don't know. Like, all I'm saying is it... You have to really keep a tabs on it if you're trying to follow it. Yeah, uh, that's one thing about the whole series. I get confused a lot about people and dates and who's. You know. So this DVD is perfect for you, which we'll mention later. Yeah. Um, second one, the Robert De Niro parts are really good, and when people mention The Godfather and stuff, Robert De Niro kind of doesn't get mentioned so much. It's always oh. I had no it? idea. I knew he was in it. I had no idea what. You thought he was going to turn up as just another like monster a thug, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's quite a good performance. It's like an understated one, isn't it? Not a lot it, of talking. No, it isn't. It's like almost like a silent movie. He's just good doing his thing, doing his thing, and it's really interesting. More interesting because you've seen The Godfather. Like you know this. How he's like this ends. old man's. This old man died at the end of The Godfather, and you didn't really get to know him very well. If you think about it, in The Godfather, you. You enter The Godfather, the opening scene, he's at a late stage in his life anyway. He's an old guy. So yeah. it's really interesting to go into the second one. When when it's, like, literally, he's a little boy. 
it opens and it's in Sicily and it's a little boy and you're like, okay, this is interesting, but let's hope it doesn't skip 20 years ahead instantly. And it really does it. it, it it's all the main pieces yeah, of his life. Yeah, feed you why, a reason why, the reasons why he would have made choices the way he did through his life. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Michael, like I said, you just don't, there is not that foundation there to me. But it's, Michael's character, to me, is really brilliant. It's like, um, there's some scenes in it that are so subtle, like, and mm-hmm. s- and small moments where, okay, in the second one where he decides to off his brother. And just that the scene where he's sat there and he's just uh, tormented, uh, conflicted with himself, and, uh, you know, it... it it's just you can just look at the camera and you're like, oh yeah, I get that, I get that, I get that. That's what I'm saying with Pacino. That character's layered, like it's and see, it is, yeah. and I think that's what comes of having a film that's so long too, because it's not just like you get those moments. There's this guy, he's tough, oh, and then he's killing some people, and now he's like somebody's dead, or you know, it's, right. it's more you can. And I feel like after watching all three in a row, which I've never done in my life, because it's pretty a long commitment. <laughs> yeah. It ate I, up our whole weekend. I feel that I've really experienced that guy's life, Michael. Like his whole life, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that's a redeeming yeah. feature of the third one for me, because I do get to see the tail end of his life. Which isn't quite as interesting as the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But, I liken Michael's character because I don't I'm not convinced that he's always conflicted about he he's like an American gangster with Denzel Washington. You know how we discussed, like, he constantly said how it was for his family and stuff. But it really wasn't. It was about his own internal power, getting power over on people, making these big decisions that would make big things happen. I think a lot of that was Michael. And then on the side, because he was raised so strictly Catholic, and he had this, the father figure in there about the this weird moral... The lines, I guess, that he would draw about, you know, like, it's okay to kill someone if they dishonor your daughter. You know, something like that. But and he's but inside him, I think it was all about shuffling, just like the little, the puppet master thing. I really do think that character, a lot of it was that. And on the very surface was, I want to protect my family. And then at the end, when bad things happen and he truly is destroyed, that's when it dawns on me, on him. This is really what it's supposed to be about. And that's why I'm and saying- it wasn't. You know, and I was just saying that there is, the power, there is redeeming qualities for the third movie. Like, you do have to see it if you've seen the others. That, some of the stuff with Michael is why the third movie really matters. Most of it doesn't. But no. anyway, should we move on to the third movie? I think, unless like, you have something stands out for you. Well, what stood out for me was Robert De Niro's... Yes. I was more interested in the um, Don... Vito Cor- Don Vito Cor- Corleone. I always get his name wrong. Well, that's right. Vito Corleone is yeah. the Don Brando. Here's what I thought. Right at the end of the sec- of the end of the first one, and then we stopped for a little bit, and then we had pee break and got beverages. I'm thinking in my mind, wouldn't it be interesting to have a whole movie just about the the life of Vito Corleone <laughs> up till that? And then you turn on the second one, <laughs> and it's like, and, oh, cool. <laughs> and that's why the second one's so good because I didn't expect it when I first saw it as well. Because when I first saw it. What is the opening scene of Godfather 2? Is it Michael just looking out of the boathouse? Still. I can't remember. Honestly, I cannot. No, it's when he's coming back to that house, isn't it? Or is it? Because it's not immediately after that moment. No, but anyway, you start and you think, okay, this is going to just continue. 
And then when it shows you the Sicily thing, and some words come up saying, it explains some things. Oh, wasn't it the thing, his son's, um, the thing with his son and the gov- the senator and all that? that yeah, that's going- what it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, uh, and I was instantly with the dodgy like, senators. oh, it's just so much cheaper now, because, not cheaper, but yeah. I mean, to me, moving out to the, I don't know. But anyway, if you want... If you want, what, what's great is if you wanted a prequel, you get it. <laughs> and if you wanted a sequel, you get it. You get both in this really long film, which, like I said earlier, it doesn't happen, does it? It doesn't happen anymore. Um, movies no. don't get made like that. And I see the first two as one. Yeah, so movie. do I as well. And and the third one, now. I had no preconceived notions except you and everyone else in the world talking about well, how. There's the third not everybody one was hates it. But anyway, the, the first one and the second one were made in 1972 and 1974. And the third one was made in 1990, quite some time later. Maybe purposely, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they wanted the actors to actually be older. I don't know. And we should say, because maybe we haven't mentioned, if you haven't seen them, the original Godfather starts in, like, 1946. That's where we start with the Corleone family. And then by the time you get... To number three, it's 1971 on that newspaper, so... would have started in the 60s because that was a bit into it. Right. 69 or something like that. Uh, moving it on. Said on the moving screen. on through the It 70s. had a lot more stuff come up on the screen. It did. Didn't it? More, ex- <laughs> more explaining because maybe you hadn't seen the other two and they wanted to try and get people to right. see it anyway at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Godfather 3. Principal cast, kind of the same. Some of the, you know, mm-hmm. um, obviously Michael Al Pacino returns. Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton returns. Most of them return, but then notable absences, which ruin it for me as totally well. Totally ruin it because for me. Because Tom Hagen, which we haven't mentioned actually right up to this point. Oh, he's one of the Robert best things. Duval oh my God. plays Michael's lawyer all the way through through the first two. Seriously, he's one of the best things of he both is. of the it's first movies. It's another subtle thing where he, he's kind of scary, but he's so he isn't. subtle we forgot. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> in the third one, he's just, you know, they've replaced him with this asshole. Who's that guy? Well, he's not an asshole. His name's George Hamilton. George, he's an actor. yeah, like some sleazy car salesman. As a lawyer, yeah, he's as the lawyer. Ta- and I mean, not replacing him as in here's an actor with the same character. It's a whole no. He's got character. a new lawyer. This lo- and then they just mention in passing speech that Tom's dead and he, yeah. good job he did. He's, yeah, and he was seriously one of the best elements of yeah, the but, first but it, movie. But it also seems like like Michael loved Tom. I mean, Tom was his right man mm-hmm. all the time. And this this just passing thing where he says something like. Oh, it's a shame Tom didn't see this day or whatever. It's nothing. It's like yeah, like Michael would have cared more than that. I because at that point I'm already going. Hey, where's, where's Robert Duvall? Yeah. Where's Robert Duvall? He's like the he's like the yin and the yang with. But know. anyway, no, he's absent, and it's explained pretty quickly that he died. But there's no never any. Um, Even on the DVD extras, we'll talk Talia about Shire them. is still in it. Uh, Not my favorite. The main people are still in it, but I think the heart has gone from the. I mean, it's still Francis Ford Coppola film, but it seems, I think to say earlier, it's like a confused, it, it's really concerned with religion, like, and how, like, religion can be bought, and how it's corrupt, and Big business and, too much, and religion, like, yeah. and in comparison to this small mob family, where, yes, there's corruption down on the street with the mom and pop bakery, and we can we can uh, corrupt them and make them pay us money but or we need to up. go for the big guys like. but it's the exact same situation because they touch on it in number two with the senator guy who they set up you know and kind of strong arm him and 
Then the third one, I think the idea is let's just who can we go for that make it the, the big biggest point. thing. And then the money, the, the dollar pole, amounts the, that they're talking about that he's got like two hundred million, billion dollars basically because he's given away a hundred million and he's got six hundred million over here. Yeah, he's like writing a check for two hundred million dollars to the church. Yeah, and, and if you want me, you tell me what you think about it first. I've got about eight things I think that I have to mention. Oh well, first, <laughs> first I'm not. Yes, you know the whole thing of you know the Catholic Church being all corrupt from the inside and bought they can easily be bought off by money and all that. This it goes on too long. It's it's And to what end? What is the no point end there? What's he talking about? What's the whole point there? The Buying whole point off is what? Whole... he wants to buy salvation? Because yeah. I don't get the point. Well he He's not trying to make more money. And what is the he point? He has some kind of this and he also has this honor for like uh give money to Sicily, like my home mm. roots that country, I should be providing for that country because I'm a... It's Yeah, and I understand that. But I think the whole religion thing... It's a, yeah, there isn't an end. If it's just to make himself feel better with God because of the shit he's done, then fair enough. But and if nothing's really... Is that the point, maybe? I don't know story? if that is the point. Or, or it's the point that just we want to show... It's the power thing again. We want to show that people in power can be bought, no matter what. If, they, if they're men of the church and... That's what they stand for. Well, some money can it's buy them It's even implied too. that the Pope, who dies early, the one, the old Pope, is also involved. Yeah, So exactly. that the Catholic Church. And then they're intermingling it with these big, huge corporate conglomerate people. All these meetings. And, okay, so the first hour, of, or maybe hour and a half of Godfather 3 is meetings with people, money talk, religious stuff, and not much and going Sophia on. Sofia Coppola's lips. Sofia Coppola... And pouting a lot, introducing a, the new. I as I would I would think the only really new character who is you know what's he called Vincent Vincent introducing him. Then you think oh you know well is he a follow up is he going to be the badass of this piece and he's really he starts out as a loser guy like on the edge he is the son of Sonny of Sonny okay the so brother who and he, yeah so here's another thing illegitimate he son. starts off as the you know he's introduced as the son of Sonny illegitimate son of Sonny it pretty much immediately you get the idea that he's also a loose cannon like his dad and he kind of flips out and bites some guy's ear in front of everybody and it's you know and then, like two scenes later, all yeah. that's gone. He's like. Mr. Slick. He's not that anymore. That's exactly what I thought. Like, yeah. That's one of my things. I don't with. feel like he's dangerous anymore. He like. had no... There was no growth. It became... He was hot-headed and overt. Blah. Screws his little cousin girl. <laughs> which oh, is yeah, first uncomfortable. Cousin. Yes. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. And then, and all she of a calls sudden... Him he's... Mr. Subtle and Mr. I've got a plan in the back of my mind and he See, that's where he, that doesn't fit. No, not so at all. So what he is at the end in the opera scene, the smooth, I'm running the whole security deal, walking around smooth, that... Where'd that come from? Yeah, and, and, and I know that um, Al Pacino sits him down and says, look, now you're part of the... You know, when they say they make a... Make, mm-hmm. Made. He's, he gets made. Not the MTV show, but he gets made. I don't think he's made because he's a nephew for real. Yeah, but still, he, uh, he he does it in front of the guys and he, and they take, you know, yeah. he's in charge, basically. They kiss his hand. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, but it doesn't... 
No, that character's wrong for I me. agree, it's wrong. totally. And, and I wanted to see more of him being like Sonny, flipping out and stuff, you know? But that didn't really work. In the big scene with the helicopter coming and killing everybody, I was like, what? The HP sauce scene. <laughs> yeah. It's like... This what? was one of the miracles it's of... It's so out of place. It the, just doesn't fit the, the tone of any I mean, of it. What was interesting about that scene? And then it's implied that that's by the Catholic Church in this big... Some big German was an businessman inter- It was an interesting scene. Because let's see what happens. There's a, a lot of important people in a room on top of a skyscraper. It's one of those... Um, the What do you call it? The penthouse suite with right. the glass open top kind of... All eating a dinner. And they're all there to... They're men smoking cigars and yeah, talking about and they're all business. And they're all actually getting big checks from Michael Corleone at this point for investments they've made. So they're all getting big paydays. And then... <laughs> Everything starts rattling, and that's when I said to you, this is one of the magic of uh, high definition. I could see every single thing on the table. And there was actually a, a HP sauce, which yeah, is a British sauce, on the table, which was interesting. But um, So the whole room starts shaking, a helicopter is above, so you look up in the window, and then everybody gets murdered. Almost everyone, except James Bond, because it reminded me so much of James Bond when Vincent is grabbing onto Michael and okay, trying so, to get him out, and there's like gunfire da, 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 yeah, all along, so, and they're escaping it somehow. So I, I, uh, I assume this is a pivotal moment. It's still not done very well, but it's how the relationship between uh, Michael and Vincent gets better because he saves his life here at this point. Right. He, if he wouldn't have got out of there, if he didn't, wouldn't have. You know, strong arm, yeah. strong armed him out of that. So it's one of those times when he picked. It was the first time ever in a movie. I don't know, but he picked up a dead guy and used him as a yeah, shield. Yeah, meat shield. That? So, <laughs> so that if that scene is pivotal for that one reason, it's a very extravagant way to get that. Oh, one it's very reason. extravagant, and it totally doesn't fit the whole. It doesn't plant in my mind that we're dealing with bigger guns here and more important people who have more power. None of that. If that was the implication, like, look, Michael Corleone, you're really nothing. None of you guys who think you're such big shots or anything because here come the big guns. None of that. All I thought was, oh, my God, what a corny waste. When I first saw it, I thought, an earthquake. You know, whenever you start rattling, I thought, Yeah, exactly. I did, too. Is this going to... What, what is this? What's that got to do with anything? But then when it was a helicopter, I'm like, <laughs> no. And then when machine, and it's like a helicopter with guys hanging out the side with machine guns. You don't really see; you just see the guns. But it's yeah, it's and everybody who receives a check in that room is pretty much pretty done. much yeah. Couple, but that just to me was like one and, of the big standout and bad moments. The only thing I could think in my mind was, oh, that's a lot of checks that uh, Michael gets to keep because <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot. Those of them. checks aren't getting cashed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that scene is odd. And I, I kind of like it. This is another one thing that I don't like. Microcoleone being diabetic and have a diabetic stroke. I understand that he's an aging man and whatnot. But it's not an element of the story that I feel is... If they're trying to... I don't even know what I the point just, of that was. No, I just think Make it was... Make him vulnerable? Yeah, weaker. Like, okay, he's not the man who is super powerful... He has this weakness. That so was his weakness, like with his father and the first one getting shot down, and that's what he's recovering from, and then just becoming an old man, basically. Right. He he actually gets shot and has to recover from that, That and getting shot is a result of basically the life he leads, right? So he, right. he pisses somebody off. So Michael Corleone, it's like, well, how can we... We don't want to redo that. We don't want to shoot him down and have him recover. Oh, yeah, let's give him a disease that then we explain away as saying it's caused by stress. Because that's what he says later. 
It yeah. flares up when I get stressed out. It's yeah. like my life is causing this to happen. Well, his whole life I just is didn't stressed. feel like it fit in here. No. There's there's a lot of things that don't fit. I don't like Sofia Coppola as an actress at all. I don't at least think she that. is an actress. <laughs> I see, you know, a lot of people criticize Sofia Sophia Coppola's acting in Godfather Three as it doesn't fit with everybody else's acting. And then a lot of other people said Sophia Coppola is the best thing in it because she's natural. Now, I don't really agree she's natural. I, it, when she's doing a scene with Al Pacino, one, for, for one specific one I'm um, thinking of, where they sat on the roof and she's talking, she's so, saying she wants to get closer to him and stuff. He's delivering it perfectly. And she's talking like five hundred times below the like league. a teenage girl below the who's watched too many movies in the eighties because it's made in nineteen ninety, right? And she's watched too many eighties movies like Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club, oh. and she's putting on the pout, and she's totally never dressed as if it was nineteen seventy. I'm very, I mean, these are things that totally drive me crazy. Um, I won't knock her personally, but I mean, she was not... She ain't an actress. It was was complete self-indulgent for the director to put his daughter in there because she seemed age-appropriate. Only thing about her is she's beautiful, I guess. I I mean, she's fine neutral to me. I didn't find her compelling. Her character wasn't compelling. She wasn't anything to me. See, I didn't dislike her completely, but yeah, I do believe... Oh, I I just was neutral. I I do believe she delivers lines on a lower level than everybody else. Very pouty and like... I know, and just very amateurish, like... um. Al Pacino, obviously, is one of the greats, right? So he, when he's delivering lines, they're very convincing. <laughs> like, you're watching him and you're kind of captivated by him. And then she says something, and you're like... And she goes, Dad, I want to be closer yeah, to you. Yeah, and then you're like, wow, there's so much of a difference between <laughs> this. Like, so it jars you a bit. But um, I guess we're not talking about the people. But yeah, that, no, is, but that is one of the... Ba- that we'll is skip her also, when we get there. Um, but that is, to me, one of the negative elements of the whole movie is that it's so focused on her... But let's talk about positive elements of Godfather 3, and there are some. It actually finishes off the story very... I like the way it finishes it. I'm not necessarily talking about the opera scene, which I could have kind of done without. But (laughs) but the opera scene, uh, one thing about the opera scene that's reminded me since I ever saw it, the whole opera scene, it reminds me of Robert De Palma, like a Robert Mm. De Palma movie. It's like the suspenseful... It gets a little bit um, intellectual at times with the what you're seeing juxtaposed with what with, you're hearing and the oh, and, and then, then the just gun horrible felt. things. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's very Robert De Palma. It's um, it or Hitchcockian or something. There's some. It's something that. But as a whole, I I could have done without it. It's like yeah, it's like watching the whole opera. You know when Robert... De, uh, not Robert... De, when, it's basically you know when the Al Pacino, third of the movie. Well, I'm going to say, you know when Al Pacino nods off during part of it? He's like... Oh. When she, like... Oh, no, I didn't know. Did you not know? He, he nodded off during part of it. And, and then somebody came and... It was when something was going on and they wanted mm. him to go out. Well, he was actually falling asleep there. Well, that's kind of how I feel during that. Because, like... Most films would show you a couple of scenes from an opera. This basically shows you the opera, right? Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it's the son. The reason it shows the opera is because the son, who has broken away, doesn't want to be part of the family, is an opera singer. Strangely. And I swear to God, he's got to be the brother or the cousin of the guy who does that hair show. You know, uh, what's his name? John? Cougar Mellencamp? No, the guy who does the hair show. Blow. Or blow dry or dry blow it. Job? No, you know what I'm talking about. We watched that show blow about the job. hair salon. 
and he's like full of himself. Jonathan and, Anton. Yes, it's. I swear to you, that guy has got to be his cousin or his brother or him or something. He's so similar. That's yeah. all I got. I was distracted by that too. But anyway, yeah, the, I like Godfather Three. What I like about it actually starts off pretty good and promising. I kind of like. I really love that opening shot where um, it. Because you've just experienced in Godfather 2 how pivotal the lake house is. And then the camera comes across the lake into the lake house. And the lake house is... Is it pivotal? The lake house is very pivotal in the second movie. The, the, it's kind of the base of operations mm. for, the whole, for the whole thing. It's like... Well, it is. It, there's lots I felt of, like there was no location as important as the original house. No, nothing, but nothing in the second movie, the lake house... Because there was a lot of scenes, important scenes... Where I, I was thinking to myself, yes, they're in the lake house because I can hear water all around me. It's really, you know, with the surround <laughs> yeah. sound, I can hear drip, 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 drip. And they're drip. always in front of a big bright window yeah. with lake in the background. And snow and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, I love this establishing shot where it, because it's, you don't know how long after or whatever. And the camera comes across the lake and then into the house and the house is dilapidated. It's not, there's nobody there anymore. It's floorboards are all ruined and I just Which, love that. Is a little bit out of time because it's only been seven years. Yeah, uh, and it's really run you know? down. But I, I do love the, that because I'm expecting it to come in there and there's Michael, but no, it's not the same anymore, which is good. You don't want it to be the same. I think one of the things I felt about three, like that exact example, the opera, the scenes with the daughter and the father, always quite intimate and trying, it was all a little bit too symbolic. Like, obviously, the house being dilapidated we're heading toward the dilapidation of this family, you know. Yeah, the, definitely. It's simple, isn't all that, it? I'm, thinking, I'm thinking the, the first hour and a half of it are so heavy on the political side. Oh, yeah. I got it, lost. That it's not just not just get lost, it's also kind of boring because, yes. like, you're waiting for the... I'm waiting for more for the family stuff to, to come about, which doesn't really come about very much. And I have absolutely no feeling about the, or thinking about the Catholic Church in any way, shape, or form. So to me, it was like a mute point anyway, saying that they were, we were corrupt talk, and stuff. We were talking about trying to... We were talking about what was good about Godfather 3, oh, and right. we just went back into what was bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's stay You're on right. the what was good. What was good for me was that establishing shot was really good. I still think that Al Pacino's performance is right up to par all the way through. Uh, I, th- I think he's... Because it's a man approaching the end of his life... He's a different guy. Well, he's not a different guy, but he is a different guy. No, he's only trying be- to be. Look like looks trying like. to be, and you know, there's also there's also the scene where he is at the um, what do you call it? The Vatican, where he, where he goes to the and he's talking to the priest, and then he suffers a little uh, sh- uh, what do you call it? Diabetic shock, mm-hmm. and then he confesses. The right. guy's trying to convert. I really like that scene, too, because it's a man breaking. I like that scene, but I think it's completely inappropriate. And it and only in that it doesn't fit the style of any of the other the, the men Could we, coping, can, coping. Can we mention that if you need if you've got a restaurant and you need to hire a waiter? That priest. <laughs> oh, he's good. Yeah, because then, because, um, <laughs> oh, let's explain this. So, Michael's having an epileptic seizure. No, he's not. He's having a... Diabetic shock, sorry. <laughs> epileptic diabetes, whatever. Oh, Diabet- Diabetic shock, and he says to the cardinal, I guess he is. Whatever he is, yeah. Um, 
I need Can to... you get me some candy and some orange juice? Because, you know, that will make... So, literally within... There's a guy stood behind him. Yeah, there's a guy already standing there. Waiter priest, I like to call him. <laughs> literally within eight seconds... At least. He returns he with a lovely... He walks out the frame and comes back. He returns with a lovely silver dish with orange juice and assorted candy. Yep. Cups perfect. and a pitcher and everything. I was <laughs> like, I even said, and I, you know, I was like, well, that was fast. Supermax. It was like, so you need a wait. Just waiting the over there in the wings. So no, it's just a funny moment. I thought. Right. So what I didn't like about that scene was what I do like about it is it shows the total difference between Vito Corleone and Michael because Vito, even in the first movie, slaps a guy on the cheek and says, "Stop crying and whining. Don't show him." Yeah, he does. Yeah. So that's what Michael's doing. It shows the difference because. I don't think he ever would have seen Vito ever break down. He didn't no, do any never. of it. I mean, even when his son's dead, he he just he, he like sees everything as a like I don't know like he, separate he said, from uh, him. He just copes. what did he say about Sonny? I, I always knew that would happen. I knew. I mean, he was sad and he was destroyed. But you I could tell. Knew. But he he got on with things. Yeah. Whereas now Michael is falling apart. So the only reason I like that confession scene. Is showing again the difference between these two men. That Sonny or Michael's had this building up in him all along, that he can't really cope with these, with the weight of it all, and then he just falls apart. And I just didn't feel like it was appropriate, style-wise either. It, it looked a little like Exorcist style, and the directing was a bit off, different. The camera angles and stuff were different. So I, I like it. I just like it as a scene. He not, does a fantastic job. Yeah, that's what I'm yes. saying. Him very powerful because it's a moment where. You can't just do that scene. It takes those other two movies to get to that point. Like That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, a, it's that detailed character thing. But um, we said we'd get to the end of the third movie and not spoil it. So we won't say the ending. No. It's kind of obvious, but we won't say the ending. No, it's not obvious, I don't think. You don't know. No, it's not obvious, actually. Because no. what you think happened might not, right? Something like that. But... um Overall, Godfather movies. <laughs> that was really a watered-down version, I think, of a discussion about Oh, yeah, def- definitely, Godfather. and you're going to write about it this week, yeah. so you'll probably go into more detail on each one there. But overall, when when they say it's the greatest movie ever, the first one or whatever, if you're going to watch it and you've not seen it, like I said earlier, just don't go into it thinking that, because it's never going to live up yeah, to cause it. Yeah, because they're not saying that's the best movie for you. No. And, and it's not the best movie for me. If you've watched movies for the last four decades, which this movie's been around, you might be desensitized to parts of it. You're, you might be over. You might not even have ever experienced any, any movies from the seventies, which have that slow burn, that really classy buildup of stories where you get long shots with people walking for ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty seconds just across the screen. And while that sounds trivial. Some people will not respond well to that. I think I said to you, it's not for the viewer with ADD. No. Not unless you have a fast forward button. Because if you watch all three <laughs> of these movies, you're talking over nine hours worth of uh, watching. And No wonder I'm feeling kind of stiff and sore. But I felt, I've been doing all weekend I felt that it was movies. an absolutely not wasted nine hours. Oh no. Because I, I, I feel like I experienced history there, film history, for uh-huh. sure. I mean, I've seen it before, but what I'm saying is I've never seen it in this form, and I've never seen it all in a row. And yeah, we'll talk about it in the extras how. And we'll talk, uh, yeah, and, all, and the seeing, look of it. seeing movies all in a row like this, 
It's the way to it's do it. It's the only way. It is the only even, way. I even think, waiting from yesterday to today, yeah, yeah. I was that's all I was thinking about. Yeah, exactly. And I said to you this morning <laughs> when I woke up, I'm just thinking about The Godfather. I want to go and see the third one. <laughs> but um, overall, they're, they're a must-own if you're a film person, I think. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it depends on your I style. I mean, if, you, if you're interested in films and you've not seen these films, or if you have seen them, you're probably just going to buy them anyway because you've already seen them. Uh, you, you know that you like them. But if you haven't seen them, and you have any interest in good performances, I would say, moreover than, you know, whole, and, and a huge story that you can really sink yourself into. I think if you've never watched movies from the 70s and you watch this, it might turn you on to other ones. And one of my, my recommendations for the week is A Deer Hunter. Oh, the Deer I, Hunter. And if we're on That's that tip, I'm going to have two for this week. The Deer Hunter. And my... My first one would be Francis Ford Coppola's other masterpiece, which is Apocalypse Now, which, mm. to me, it's not on Blu-ray yet. I would really love to see it on Blu-ray because it is that is an epic, <laughs> you know. It's and it's another Marlon Brando um, piece. Yeah, another seventies. I'll do two too. My other one's Prime Cut. Yeah, that's and a good. I, film I might have recommended it before, but thinking of seventies movies with the sort of this long brooding. Yeah, Prime Cut's really good. Yeah, it's really fantastic. So mine are Prime Cut and The Deer Hunter. And mine, are, I might as well do them now. First one is Apocalypse Now. Either the re- Redux version or the normal version. The Redux version I actually like better. Or the Redo, or whatever you call it. The one with the extra half an hour in it. Mm. The, but I, re- I actually like that one better. And hopefully it'll come to Blu-ray one day. Uh, and my second one is, because we were mentioning Sofia Coppola, is Lost in Translation, which is the movie she directed a few years ago with Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson and it's masterpiece in my opinion another one wow it really is like it's <laughs> watch it a you've lot you've thrown that word around a little bit no, masterpiece it re- no it really is um, lost in translate if she can't act she can direct I agree and, and wrote she wrote it right yeah so or did she and she did Virgin Suicides as well which I'm not going to recommend as one of my recommendations of the week but it's another that's good one. Movie. Um, so moving on overall for me it's a no-brainer, Godfather. If you're a dude and you like stuff, <laughs> killing and stuff, it's not, see that's that was my misconception, right? If yeah. you want to wrap it all up, it ain't a killing and stuff movie. Yeah, really. it's not Casino. It is not Scarface. Um, it is Scarface not Goodfellas. It is. It is truly a story about the people. Not the fam- I don't see it as a story about the family rise and fall. I see it as the parallel of the two men, the father and son, and how they cope with a similar lifestyle and how it how it all ends up for them. The choices they make and all that kind of stuff. And the life they lead has a lot of violence and... and you know. I can't recommend it enough. I know the third one's a struggle, because it really is. I struggled with that. It was time. for me. I'll be honest with you. When, I took, when you took your bathroom break... It just flashed over my mind, like, oh my... When you flashed it up on the screen and it showed you how much is left and we were on, like, one-third of the way through, I was like, oh my god. Well, and, I, and you... And I, I, I'm totally open-minded. I wasn't even, like, going... Yeah, exactly. And I that. said to you... I was, like... I was hoping it was... I was finding things better about it that you... Ugh, well, you said to like, me... Oh my god. Uh, and I said to you in the week, we're going to watch the Godfather trilogy, and you're like, oh, good god, I've not seen those. And I'm like, well, I love one and two, but three... Uh, and yeah, he was see. like, well, don't say that. Because yeah, exactly. I, I might not like it, but I'm like, well, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and you get you know what I'm, you get it yes, now, don't you? I get it. I mean, it 
It's not bad. It just it, it just could doesn't, never stand it doesn't hundred percent fit. With it the could other never two. stand alone as a movie, as the first one could on its own. I don't believe the second one could, only because it needs the first. One. It's part of the first one, right? Yeah, but the and, first one could actually end and never have had a sequel and been fine. The third one, it's just not. Well, let me just say this before we go on. Um, 20, 28 Oscar nominations for these three pictures, right? The Godfather got a ton. The Godfather Part 2 got a ton. And The Godfather Part 3 actually got a ton. But The Godfather and Godfather Part 2 were the only winners. They won nine Oscars between them. Godfather 3 the won The third nine. one actually got nominations? The Godfather Part 3 actually was nominated for, get this, Best Picture. No. Yes, Best Director, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Andy Garcia. Oh. Um, what were they thinking? Best oh, film edit- Best film editing, best cinematography, best art direction, best set direction. Yeah, I can see that because it was really good. Best music, and that was it. But it won nine Oscars. But Godfather. Three I won. felt like the third one too. This is my last comment on the third one in a negative way. It had a total timeline crisis with fashion and the sets and everything. The style. It was hard to tell that it was the 70s. It was like... I think you style... said to me at one point, what year is it now? Yeah, exactly. I'm and like, I, said, she walks I said 1971. In, she walks in were... in a pretty... Like a total 1987, 89, 90 outfit with the brooding head. When she came head. in on the and he was on the stairs. Yes, and, went up and to she's the got like the little gems on her buttons and she's got the tights and the little flat shoes. That's 1987, people. Yeah, totally. What, what are you thinking? Did she come on the set wearing that and then be like, I'm not changing my clothes? Because it was totally out of time. The fashion, the men's fashion, the style of everybody in the first two, I think it was there was more of an effort to give you that authentic... Even the acting style fit more with, you know, the 50s, 60s stuff, but... Anyway, so that was my problem. we've nagged on to number... Th- we've <laughs> nagged on to... It's easy to rip a movie apart. It is. So, we'll stop it. Okay. Um... If you're going to see one and two, don't stop at the end of two. No, watch just three watch anyway. Them all. Maybe. Uh, okay, so I recommend it. Um, it's available. Well, we're going to do cast, but before we go into cast, I recommend it, and I definitely recommend it on Blu-ray disc for a reason that we're going to say in the extras. Um, do you recommend it? I recommend them all three. Yeah, me and too. you will form your own opinion as to whether you like or don't like. Third. Yeah, don't. Take our work. Yeah, don't listen three, to three, us. Three <laughs> so let's move on to the cast quickly. We've got Marlon Brando's Don Vito Corleone. Really good. The studio didn't like him, apparently, because he mumbled too much. They yes, he does. Him. Yes, he does mumble. Mumbler? Yeah, I would like to have seen in the prequel sections of number two why he, why he ends up with the weird jaws and the... But I got over it, and I think he's fine and everything, but my pivotal scene was that one where he... That is truly my favorite scene, where he's telling him about Sonny and... Yeah. Okay, moving on. Marlon Brando, obviously, everybody knows he got Oscar. He's good, right? Okay, so Al Pacino. Al Pacino, to me, everybody, when you mention The Godfather, they go, oh, Marlon Brando is brilliant. To me, when you mention The Godfather, I go, Al Pacino, he's brilliant. Yeah, I didn't even know he had such a big part. It's Al Pacino's movie. I'll be honest, I didn't realize. I thought he was just kind of in it. Yeah, and for me, it's Al Pacino. All, it's, yeah. it's his story anyway. Because, yes, The Godfather starts with Marlon Brando, but he dies before. Yeah. 
you know, it's it's Michael's story in my opinion. Like, it, well, he's the central figure on the yeah. story, and he does a brilliant oh, job, and amazing. he even does a brilliant job in number three. So he's one of those people who truly you see, I see him quality right. He's not one of those people that you say, oh, he's a classic, he's great. And then you go, why? What's so no, great about him? And know. people people go, no, but he's great. He's been in great movies, and you're like, but what makes him great? I think Al Pacino has so many moments through the whole time frame. And that's, we're talking 20 years from the first yeah. time, from 72 to 90, as a as an actor, as a person, you, I think he did. It was fantastic. And he slipped, like, if you think about it, 20 years later, he slipped back into a character. Yep. And you wouldn't think he left that character. That he hadn't visited, yeah. So that's great acting. Then there's James Caan as Sonny. Now, James Caan is, I think in this he's brilliant, but he's not in it long enough. No. I wanted more of him. I really like him, though. I love the... I don't know that he's brilliant, because he's like that in a lot of movies. I guess so, but yeah. <laughs> I do think he fits. I mean, I do think he's I think, brilliant actor. I think the casting for that role is perfect. It's like, whoever thought of James Caan for it, was it was like perfect. Like the hot-headed... Because it's perfect. When he goes hot-headed, and like they say, in, even in that, where he bites his hand, it you can feel it, like. You yep. feel it, how mad he is. It's, and when he goes and kicks that guy's ass, you know. Kind of. <laughs> misses him a few times but then there's Robert Duvall fantastic see, see and this is why these movies absolutely, are great absolutely to me I will say right now he is my favourite character and he's my favourite performer in all three all and this three. is why these movies are great because of this cast it, is, it wouldn't have been the same with other people like Robert Duvall it's a real subtle role he's the lawyer of Michael he doesn't have any action it's all about just social engineering. Yeah, trying to keep people straight here. Planting and, ideas in people's minds. And, and it's really good. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. He's, he's really good. Yeah, so, you know, and he's not involved in any action. No. He's just there. And he's there all the time. Like, and you're just <laughs> like, you know. That's why it's such a disappointment when he's not there in the third one. And we know Robert Duvall's not dead because he's not dead now. So, sure. come on. Either he made a good decision. Yeah, well. Wise, it could have been like probably. a wise Or maybe choice. you would have made the third film better. True. Because that other guy. George Hamilton. He's not a jerk. Quit oh, implying he that. He, 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 he doesn't suck. He's just neutral. I really don't like him. He's, he he's even got do a anything to dislike face. Yeah, but that's his trademark. Um, so, yeah, he looks like somebody who'd sing on a cruise ship to me. So, <laughs> then we've got Diane Keaton as Kay Adams. Now, I actually really liked her, too. Um, I'm not generally a fan of her. But in this, I think she was really good. Like during one and two. Yeah, exactly. But three, by maybe. three, by the time three, she turned into Diane Keaton. That's exactly. What I was oh, that's perfect. Like she, you know, yes. You know when you said that yesterday you were saying something about Diane Keaton and I said who, and you said Diane Keaton and I'm like, oh, you mean like that? And I hadn't realized it was her because she was younger. And I said to you, I have a, I have a problem like recognizing people when they're younger. <laughs> but like in number three, I'm like, oh yeah, there's Diane Keaton. Yeah, totally. Like I didn't even need to be told that. So, but yeah, I liked her in one and two. One especially, I think. And that scene where he closes the door on her. That's just... Yeah, very heartbreaking. Um, and then we've got a little guy called Mr. Robert De Niro. Have you heard of him? Mm, vaguely. Yeah, He's alright. And he plays young Vito Carter. Now, yeah. let's not say that this is a brilliant acting role. Let's no, not, not pretend. He does no. a lot of He's really looking. young, isn't he? He does a lot of arms crossed and looking. Yeah. And a lot of cocky head, you know, like... He, he puts on an attitude brilliantly. That I will give Not him. much different to what he's like, though. As a person? 
No, what I mean is like <laughs> Robert De Niro, like in other parts, in other parts, like Taxi Driver. Or... But in Taxi Driver, he's a lot to he says yeah. a lot. So, and and I'm not saying that dialogue is the only thing that makes up a, a character, but let's not pretend like this is like oh my god, he was amazing in this role. It was like he was. A young Robert De Niro, lots of cocky attitude, and yet that weird, subtle scariness that he had because he's becoming this. So, but he was good. Yeah, really good. And it's and, and to have the same and it's character. Nice that he's almost in a separate movie to everybody else. Yeah, to think that the same character in the same movies were played by Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro. Yeah, it's pretty that's good. pretty good. <laughs> uh, then I just wanted to throw this guy in there, FBI bloke Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big part, no, but no, Harry but Dean Stanton turns up. He makes something out of it, doesn't yeah, he? Does. he? Yeah, he's good. Totally. He's really good. Uh, Andy Garcia, <clears throat> we're moving on to number three. Andy Garcia as Vincent Mancini Carlioni. Um, He's a bit of a pretty boy, I don't know. I, I've never <laughs> really been mega... I've never thought of him as mega quality, ever. Me either. And he I mean, really, I've seen a couple things that he's really good in. I don't in. really think he is in this either, is he? Kind of lowers the tone no. a little bit. <laughs> I think it does. Oh, actually, him and um, Sophia. Because they get so many scenes and they're both just... They it's like, let's pluck them out and let them make a cheaper movie and then get some... <laughs> yeah. That's terrible to say, but... Okay, so Andy Garcia, yeah. He, and he is one of the main characters in number three. Sad to say it, but he is. And um, he's not Italian. He's Cuban. Yeah. So if anyone's saying, oh, he's really hot, uh, American, uh, Italian-American. He's no, not. he's not. He's then you've Cuban. Got- then you've got George Hamilton as B.J. Harrison. I've not said about that guy. Uh, Bridget Fonda as Grace Hamilton. Um, Another big flaw in the movie. Yeah. She appears. She's really interested. Something happens. She's gone. She looks like she walked off the set of Single and White Female straight into this And she's got to be one of the one. worst, in my opinion. She's a bad... She's not a good actress, I don't think. I, I don't know that I've seen her in anything where she was super she's good. She's literally nothing in this movie, really. In fact, there's actually absolutely no reason for her. Because, nope. as we discussed before this podcast... She turns up in the third one as a reporter who's, like, sniffing around trying to get an interview with um, Al Pacino. Like, you think, oh, this is going to... Li- maybe you'll fancy her and, like, this will or be, like, a week. maybe this will lead to something. Or this will lead... Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. There's no point in her even being there. So, there... Yeah. It's- and that's one of those scenes and one of those areas that was too much 90s, like, late 80s, 90s, instead of the time frame it was supposed her to be. Her outfit was totally Her outfit... 90s. The apartment, the dressing for the scene, the way they all acted, the sort of late eighties, ninety, everything. Her outfit was a total nineties outfit. Oh, totally. That's like, what I'm totally, saying. Totally, with the brass thing across. Like I it thought was, it was just. I thought it just. Oh. I, that's what I said. She walked off the set of Single White Female yeah. straight into that. <laughs> <laughs> so, who else is this? Sophia Coppola. We've said before she isn't an actress, but she's a fantastic director. As far as well, for the, the two, two films that we know. That yes. What I'm saying is, behind the camera, stay there, right? Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's nice for Daddy to put his daughter in there. Yeah, it was totally self-indulgent, unnecessary. So moving on to the director, Daddy himself, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, What else has he done? Well, movies that he has directed are Rumblefish, which is excellent. The Cotton Club. Haven't seen it. Peggy Sue Got Married. Do you like that one? <laughs> yeah, I did like it, but I can't believe that's Francis no, Ford Coppola. No, me neither. It's like... It really wow. Um, Apocalypse Now? That was all right. All right, yeah. And Bram, <laughs> no, I love And Bram Apocalypse Stoker's now. Dracula, which is also really Yes, good. I like Bram. I Apart like from Keanu Reeves. Um, what the hell? I think he fit that part, too, because he was kind of, uh, you know... 
I disagree. Um, <laughs> moving on to the... I wanted to do a special mention for the cinematographer on this movie. Because you might watch these movies and think, is my brightness right? Because I don't see what's going on. You can on crank that brightness up and there's you nothing want- <laughs> there. There's not going to be one stitch of any image in that black because okay, there's nothing so, there. So, so there are... The opening scene, for instance, of Godfather 1, it opens on the face of the guy in Don Vito's office. Not Don Vito. Don... The other guy. It opens on the Italian guy. The yeah, father of the daughter. On Don, in Don Vito's office as well. Was right. Um, it opens on his face and the camera's pulling backwards. And you literally can hardly see his face. It's so dark in that room. Now, you might think reach for the brightness control to turn it on. But I, like you say, that isn't going to do anything. Nope. Because as they mentioned in some of the extras, there is no detail in those blacks. It was made like that specifically. And it's an interesting story, actually. But the... Cinematographer is Gordon Willis, who's won Oscars. And his nickname is the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> and that's not because he likes Ozzy Osbourne. That's because he uses a particular lighting technique and plays with light and shadow. And his lighting technique specifically uses... This is according to IMDb. He uses the lighting technique of using shadows and often not, in a, not allowing characters' eyes to be seen during a scene. And that is very true. Get a lot of that. You get a lot of backlit where you're look you, the scene you're looking at has got the characters kind of in the middle ground and in the background is a big window with loads of light flooding in. And if you've ever taken a picture like that, you know what you get. A silhouette. Exactly. And they're moving in the scene and you get occasional glimpses of their fronts or occasional glimpses of their face. But in general, you, you have to... And it's through all of them. Even in the third one, yeah, you yeah. get a lot of silhouetted where you're seeing the people's reactions and their body movements... As part of their but you, there is no detail to see in the face. There, there, and sometimes, <clears throat> some, a lot of times, sometimes, there is. But, but sometimes they'll be in a dark room, a pretty dark room. There might be a light somewhere, but the light's nowhere near them. So you're dealing with noses and just yeah, glimmers so, of light. But it's interesting. But you might think something's wrong, but it, it really isn't. That's just how it's done. Um, the guy won Oscars for that. Well, for his work on these movies. So. Um, and now we're going to move into the DVD extras. This is going to be the longest podcast we've ever done, but I think these movies deserve long... Uh, you reckon? Uh, oh, yeah. How <laughs> are you? Um, so, moving on to the extras. Now, this is the Blu-ray version we're looking at. It comes with this nice booklet, actually, with uh, what, what's up, mm. you know? So I'm unimpressed with the extras in the folder. You don't like the extras on this? Extras are fine. I don't think you need a booklet. Well, anyway, the supplements that come with this um, blue... Well, the Godfather... Um, what do you call it? Coppola Restoration, anyway. Um, so it's, it's a separate disc, disc number four on the Blu-ray. And it comes with... I'll just mention this quickly first. All of the extras that were from the 2001 Godfather DVD. Now, all of those are included, which is a lot of stuff. Deleted scenes, deleted documentaries, scenes. all kinds of stuff. From all the movies. From all the movies. So you get all of that stuff. Not in high def. No, it's all it's just literally took from the DVD and slapped on here. But then you get all these new original supplements. Number one being the making of The Godfather, which is... Oh, I'm just looking at it now. You also have to remember. Oh, no. There's commentary. Commentary on all three movies by Francis Ford Coppola. Now, the masterpiece that almost wasn't in HD, this was the first feature, really good... 60 minute almost was it yeah documentary and they pulled in some like you know <laughs> little known people to talk about it right 
Yeah. George uh, Lucas, Steve Spielberg. Yeah. Um, that guy who did South Park. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> I don't know what, what was he doing on there. <laughs> but anyway, there was a Spielberg. Rebel, a rebel Lucas. in Hollywood, I think, is what they were it trying was a, to get at. A talking head style documentary in high definition with George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, that crazy guy from. What? He's that guy, that thin. I don't know. The other guy, the people who started. Um, Zoetrope. Zoetrope. Um, and Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and it's a really interesting discussion about why, you know, the pitfalls that this movie went through with the studio system in its day. It's kind of like the same story that Jaws had. He had the same kind of yeah. struggles. Fighting against the machine, the corporate right, machine. Right, because they're coming in, they're making a movie in a time when Hollywood was changing and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was it was interesting. And then there was a When the Shooting Stopped documentary. Which was about how certain scenes were cut and certain scenes were lengthened or music was changed. Do you remember? Was that the one with the horse head? Yeah. Okay. How they changed the tone of things with music and just basically... uh, Editing. About the editing process. And how drastic it can change a scene. And that also included how they got a lot of flack from the studio about how they were cutting things originally. And then my favourite piece of all these HD documentaries was the Emulsional Rescue Revealing the Godfather. In Emulsion. Emulsion. Emulsional. It's like emotional. It's not emotional. It's like emotional but with emulsion. Just emulsion. No, it's emulsion. Look. I can't see it. It is. <laughs> anyway, I'll spell it out. It's E-M-U-L-S-I-O-N-A-L. Emotion. Emotion. So it's like a play on words. But anyway, it's about the Coppola restoration. And it's really interesting how they went in the first two movies frame by frame and... Scanned the film. How they got, how they collected all the film originals from, anyway. From all from kinds of different All of the world, archives. they said. Yeah. And then were able to figure out if they could scan it through a machine and did a digital... So they basically took tons and tons of different prints, all in varying degrees of damage... Found all, got all the best parts from all of those and put them together to and make... And were able to find every scene, apparently, obviously. And put them all together to make a full reel. And then scan the reel in a 4K scanner, basically, which scans everything at 4,000 pixels. Right. And then had a really super... Well, then it was still damaged, and then they went in and t- touched every scene up by Took hand. Took out the scratches. And then that thing where they showed the difference between the... Oh, my God. From the VHS. Yes. Which no, not, really... no, the original film of the cafe scene, which oh, was yeah, yeah. actually from the original film, it just looked really murky and everything, and then they showed, you know, the, how and it ended up. they brought the Blu-ray version <gasps> Even he was like, it just was like... And it was, because like, you kind of, I said to you, you take for granted Blu-ray, that it's going to look good. But then when you're dealing with a movie that's 40 years old almost, and you still assume it's going to look good. But then when you see how it did look before they... Yeah, I can imagine if you've never seen it, if you've never seen it in the theater and you've only watched it on VHS or even on the original DVD, I'm going to say it's going to almost be a different experience because, well, for us it was particularly, we've got a big, you know, whole wall of the screen too, so we saw it really big. But I can't even imagine, it showed a couple of other scenes where they're really murky and kind of cloudy, so you don't see you don't even see what's going on. You no, don't see nothing. the face. You don't see what's in the background. You don't get to absorb all the extra stuff that's going on. I think they were saying, like, that, especially that scene in particular, the one in the 
cafe where Al Pacino is acting without saying anything. He's, exactly. He's, His um, eyes are moving. He's, just, and he's... he's getting angry underneath the surface and it's just happening. And they showed you the original version before it was touched up and you can't even see no, what you wouldn't doing. be No, you wouldn't even get it, I don't no, think. No, so you miss... If you miss actually parts of what he's acting, then there's some. it does need to be yeah, stored. Yeah, I think the it? impact is totally different. And... They didn't talk about the sound, though. You wanted to know how they... No, they didn't talk about the sound, but the the Dolby, they've mixed it all into 5.1 from Surround Now. They didn't tell you how they did Mm -hmm. that. They just focused on the picture. But what's really good about this is now they have got a, like they say, a copy that's perfect in 4K resolution, which is a lot higher resolution than Blu-ray disc. Blu-ray disc is like half, well, less than half of that. So... In the future, if they need a 4K resolution because we've all got 4K TVs, they've got it now. They don't have to go and restore again. Right. So there's an actual archive now. So not only did it produce this DVD, it produced... Future DVDs for you to buy. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> because you've probably already bought... And, and um, what's his name? A couple of guy had showed that it's been put on <clears throat> records. Yeah. Like an actual record. Like... Was that just audio? No, it was a record that shows a movie. It was a weird format from back in the day. What kind of player does that? It's something that... That's bizarre. And then he had the Laserdisc and he had VHS. And yeah. so if you've been purchasing purchasing them all along, you'll of course want... Even he, is, even he was blown away by what they did. He's to like, how did they get that on a record? I'll, I don't it's know. not... It's a couple of restoration, but he didn't restore it. You mean this? They paid a company to restore it. Oh, yeah, right. And well, like, like you, people might think, oh, well, Francis Ford Coppola did it frame by frame. No, he didn't. But no, he was no. happy with what they did. So oh, yeah. He signed off on it. Um, so then we've got uh, the four short films on The Godfather. Which think about are not this. Really sh- do you think he's just still raking in the dough from that? Yes. I think that's all he's got to ever do the rest of his life. He doesn't have to do anything else. No, but he does. God. Then we've got the four short films on The Godfather in HD. Now, they're not really four short films. No. They're just four featurettes. <laughs> About one minute long. They're good in their own little yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's photo galleries and storyboards. There's profiles on the filmmakers. There's The Godfather historical timeline, which is really good. Yes, I like that one. Now, you'll really like that because when you said you was a bit confused about certain people, we went in and looked them up. There's and the family it tree and the crime family tree. Yeah, the Carleone family tree as well. These are both like applications that make use of Blu-ray. Yeah. It's like a web page, basically. You're clicking on links and it's opening them up. The family tree is just like this sort of little graphical family tree that you would see on familytree.com. And then the other one is um, the crime family thing, which is actually from the movie. Would have been the second movie where they had the crime family on the wall. The FBI. They've taken that and like it looks like the old big crime poster that they made for the Senate hearing, which is another thing I didn't mention about number two, but whatever. And it's good, too, because it cleared up for me who two guys were when Robert De Niro was young and who they were when they got old. Because I get confused. What can I say? <laughs> I don't have a lot of testosterone. And then there's Godfather World in HD, which is one we unfortunately didn't look at, and I'm not sure why. But oh, neither. Second thing in the list, we, we just, just didn't look at it. Um, we'll tell you what it is in the written review. Yes. Um, and then there was... Godfather on the Red Carpet, which we also didn't... But everything else we did. Uh, the original supplements, the ones that I mentioned at the beginning, I'll just list off what you get. You get the Making of the Godfather documentary, which is the long, full-on documentary from 2001. Additional scenes, filming locations, the music of the Godfather, 
the Godfather historical timeline, profiles on the filmmakers and photo galleries. So that's all the standard definition stuff. Oh, you forgot. There, there's also deleted scenes. Yeah, that, that was in there. Um, additional scenes, it's called. Oh, additional scenes. So um, you get four... It's four hours of features and the original And there were like... The additional scenes where there's a lot of them. There was a lot of them, yeah. Like ten from each year... I mean, each time frame, so... Lot, and 50. the Godfather One and Godfather Two are fully restored. Godfather Three was just remastered because it wasn't in as sh- bad shape as the other ones. So it might not, it might or it might not differ from the last. Well, the Blu-ray version is going to be the best you've seen, but the DVD version may or may not differ from the last version that was put out. So when's uh, Godfather Four: The Revenge coming? Hopefully or never. This time it's personal. Hopefully never. Oh, yes, yeah. please. Um, so, Some things need to be left alone. So that's The Godfather. Um, thank you to Paramount for sending us the discs. Um, I am highly recommended. And I also want to say that the re- retail price of the Blu-ray is about $119, which is a lot of money for three movies. But if you go on Amazon.com, I'm not affiliated with Amazon in any way. <laughs> I just wanted to say this because it looked like a good deal. It's fifty nine ninety nine, which is half price yeah so that that's a good price for me for three these especially these three movies because they are big movies you get you get along get a bit of distance out of that set right yeah um you try and convince me because i always dog the prices yeah and the picture you wouldn't believe watching the original godfather you was watching a movie that was so old because mm. it yeah i agree also they don't letterbox they're full yep it is i know nine. i yeah. love that yeah there was no nothing. It was All three movies screen. are the full screen, yeah. So not not full screen, but full widescreen. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Godfather. Sixteen couple, by nine. Sixteen by nine. That's the couple of restoration. Uh, highly recommended. Contest. Moving on to contest. It's over. We did get about five correct answers. <gasps> did they look and find the answer? Fabulous. They, I don't know, but they give. So those prizes are going to go out this week to a couple of those lucky winners. We don't have a contest this week, but we'll bring one next week. Um, moving on to. A scully stuff, as they call it. <laughs> okay. Ooh. First, I'll mention the two video games I played this week, but very briefly because we're at one minute, one hour and twenty five minutes in oh, already. Dear. So we will uh, move these briefly. Pure on the Xbox three hundred and sixty is a motor quad bike racing game, and it's really good. It's by Disney of all people. It's not got no cartoon characters though. It's very very good. It's kind of a cross between SSX, if you remember that. Yes. And Dirt. It's like a I remember cross- SSX from the Dreamcast? Well, SSX was actually from the PS2, one of the first games sure? we ever got. Yeah, absolutely. Are you I've sure it wasn't on the Dreamcast? Dreamcast? It was not on the Never. Dreamcast. Never. Are you sure? Yes. Mm-hmm. We have to test your game Look knowledge. it up, you'll find out. It's not. <laughs> um, anyway, Pure. Really good. I like racing games, but it's like a racing slash trick game. So it's kind of a bit of both, and it's good. <clears throat> Crisis Warhead, which is a PC game. It's the next installment in the Crisis Saga. It's basically the same game. Uh, and I, I would call it an expansion pack, even though it's a standalone I have no game. idea what you're... I don't even know anything it's about It's one of the best-looking games on the PC. It looks really amazing on my PC, because I've got a pretty high-powered PC. This one requires less resources than the old one, so if you couldn't run the other mm. one, maybe this one will work for you. Because they, they kind of scaled the engine back a bit. Because they want to sell more. Yeah. So that's the two games I've been playing this week, plus some Rock Band 2, <clears throat> which I still love. 
Um, I'm starting to lose my voice. Yes, you are. Um, number three is, this isn't a game, we've completed the com move over. What, what are you going to say about that? You, well, you haven't completed completed it. You're still in, you're still moving. How many twenty five reviews a day? You're still planting them over there, like moving them literally manually, moving every single review, every single DVD review that I have written, that we've done over the last couple of years, and that uh, Squidly has written, I believe, last few years. Um, I think it's fantastic. I'm very proud of you <clears throat> for your brave, bold move because it's very tough for you to change. Yeah, well, and so I'm really well, impressed let's with that. If you go to www.ascoli.com or just ascoli.com now, yeah, you'll be on our new server because the DNS changes have all gone through. You'll notice it looks very different. It's, it's white. A lot easier for us as administrators to manage. It's got a big bold ascoli.com at the top. And there's still our contests, our reviews. But it's our, all about movies. Yeah. And it's movie reviews and it should load faster for you. It's on a new server. It's got new it's, it's got your HD DVDs and it's got your Blu-rays and it's got your DVDs and it's got your upcoming calendar and it's got your uh Podcasts. Podcast is all they're all in there. You can listen straight from there. It's got your this and your that. No, it's good. I like it. I'm impressed. It's fast. It's reliable. Yep. And it's hosted... Um, and you're allowing comments. So if you go to a review or something, you are allowed yeah, to make Yeah, all the comment. comments are moderated, by the way. I'm not just yeah. letting people slap all kinds of yeah, stuff Yeah, so if you're an asshole, well, you're well, not, not It's not just asshole. <laughs> when we had comment system active on our last site, we just basically got Viagrads oh, right. pasted in every single slot. So I'd come there one day and like every single reviewer would have 20 Viagrads underneath it. So Why are people such jerks? Well, if this time they can't do that because... Feel free to leave comments, whoever, every, yeah, anybody who's on there. I mean, feel free to. I don't think we've had many left already. I think people don't leave them unless there's something specific yeah. they want to say. But feel free to leave them. But it's moderated. We read it before we you, before it actually appears on the site. So you don't just post you're a bunch of dickheads. So if you want to, if you want after you've read, you know the godfather dvd and you completely disagree with something i've said or you completely agree or you have something to point out and you want to write a paragraph about it you post it he'll no let me add let me add that you can't post comments underneath reviews oh you post comments underneath the news story that's tied to the review oh right so you do them from you basically if you if you're interested in going leaving a comment you go to the front page all the stuff on the front page or you search in the search box search for godfather you'll see a um New so story. the news stories, you yeah, can. all the news stories are where you leave the comments. the The reviews are left clean, so you don't end up with a big long. Yeah, all right. But that's that's the new site. It's there. It's working. And uh, what have you got to say? You've got some things happening. Do this I? A couple of things. Do I? Well, you put on my list. Zune update. My firmware update from Zune has Hexic, which I said, well, why? What's the point of that? It's no big deal. And then I ended up playing it at work the other night, just briefly. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was working. You've added a couple of games to the Zune player, basically, to try and compete with the iPod, I guess. They've not just added a couple of games, have they? They've added Wi-Fi support, so you can buy music straight from the Zune. You don't need to have your computer. Yeah, I don't care about music. I want my podcast thing to work, which isn't on there yet. No, but what I'm saying, people out there <laughs> might care about... They yeah. can. You can actually go on the Zune music store and buy full albums and... Wherever Wi-Fi. you are, if you're on a wi- if you're near a Wi-Fi place, which is cool. And the Zoom, I mean, the Hexic is fun. It's kind of relaxing, and I think some more games. Will I don't appear. like the controls and stuff. So can we also mention how much this costs? Uh, it's free, and you get two games for free. 
And it's on the even up to the oldest whatever Zoom you have. I'm presuming that has all a, of them. that has a window. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. All of them have a window. Right. So uh, there's that. Oh, that, that was you fine. can get that update on Zoom on Zoom.com. It should tell you as well when it will you plug also, it in. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you've already got the software on your computer, it will tell you to or update. Or if you buy one now and you go get it, it's going to totally change from if you bring it home and charge it up and turn it on, right, and look at it. It's going to be completely different after yeah, you do this Yeah, definitely, because it really did look different. Added a couple things to the main menu and all that kind of stuff. And then my other thing is that uh, I have procured the some original classic TV from my childhood. Which I now, as I watch it again, it's WKRP in Cincinnati. WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I truly believe from watching these again, and I watched like four or five or six of them in a row, haven't I, the last few nights? I really believe some of this TV has formed parts of my personality. Well, hold on. This is, uh, I'm, I've been working on com like around the clock, basically. And you have been, last night, for instance, I was in here adding reviews. And you was watching WKRP in the other room. <laughs> and this is how it went. Because I didn't have anything on in here. It was quiet. So I was, type, 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 type. And then I would hear, ha, 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 ha. Type, type, So I, I guess you like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I laugh when I think something's funny. I laugh I when I'm alone. I mentioned that to your mother the other week when she was here. <laughs> and me and your mother were in the computer room. She was playing a game of um, Cubis yes. on your computer. And I was playing a game with my friend of uh, Mercenaries. And uh, you were laughing watching something in there. And your mum went, she's always been like that. <laughs> she has the strangest laugh. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, it's not strange. Just, it's just because laugh. I laugh when I think something's funny. I don't laugh when other people think it's funny. I don't laugh when someone looks at me with confirmation that something's funny. And then I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. I just, I laugh when it's funny. And that's it. And whether I'm alone or with mm. a group of people. <laughs> <laughs> you do? It's funny. <laughs> And then you come in there, and it's like, I'm not being funny, right? But when you come in there and something happens and I laugh at it, and you just sit there, you're like, I think you're like, what? What? <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? Because you just don't get it. I don't, you don't get it. I get it, but I don't have that kind of laugh. No, you don't get it. No, or you it would was, laugh. If it was Ricky Gervais or somebody, I'd probably be laughing. And that's it? Only just cert- Ricky Gervais? No, just certain <laughs> things make me laugh. Steve Coogan makes me laugh. Yes, and of the guy who does the uh, big turn the glide on. You laughed at him a lot. Peter Kay. <laughs> yeah. He's really funny. Um, so, yeah, that's everything that's been happening this week. And So I'm going to say, if you can get old videotapes, actual original that someone has taken the time to put on videotape with the original music... All original music, all original sound, everything. Because, uh, yes, you can get season one of WKRP in Cincinnati on DVD, but it's all the music's been replaced, so it's yeah. not really the same thing. It might be a better picture quality than the VHS, but... Oh, who cares? I'm looking at it on a big 51-inch TV, and I blow it up. Like, and it's off like, VHS, it's so all, it's fuzzy. Like, like, fuzzy, yeah. and there's a lot of tracking moments yeah. where it's like... But it's fine, isn't it? Oh, you it's fine. It. I don't even care. Um, it's not Blu-ray, let's just say <laughs> But I'm not picky like that. Um, and I'll probably go watch it after we eat our dinner tonight. And then that's pretty much it. We need to wrap it up because we, yes. we've this has been a long podcast. Probably the longest we've ever done. In fact, not probably. Definitely. Definitely. Um, just want to remind you about the website. I'm going to make you a podcast you can't refuse. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> sounded, sounded like a baseball guy. <laughs> Somebody from baseball. I'm going to make 
you a baseball here? <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Websites, sidtar.com and aschoolie.com. We've got the podcast on iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace. We've got an RSS feed on the brand new aschoolie.com. You can listen to the podcast right at the top. Just press podcast, go and listen to it, or subscribe, or whatever you want to do there. Same on Sid Talk for your own podcast. You can go and do that on all those same places. You can email feedback to aschoolie at aschoolie.com and you can email feedback to Sid Talk at sidtalk at sidtalk.com. And I just want to say stay classy. I'm going to make you a podcast like I refuse. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> and I'm going to say uh, you better think for yourself or some big crime syndicate's going to come in and think for you. Maybe not. Depends on where you live. <laughs>